Yo, what's good? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. I'm your host, Jan Garcia, and joining me is Gary Weta for the first time in KFGD history. I think this is the last is this the last remaining combo? combo? This might be the last <laughs> one. I've collected all the Pokemons now. That's a good question. This is the last um, one. Who who haven't I hosted? who's who, Barrett, who haven't I hosted with? Is there anyone left? Cool. This has got to be it, right? I mean, it depends on how yeah, you've done, wide you've of the done like an X cast day with Mike. You, 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 you know, you're usually here with Greg. You've definitely done it with Tim. Tim, uh, Tam, Tam. Yeah, have you done with one with Andy? That's no, I haven't. But now uh, you mention it, that sounds like a very that sounds like very a very enticing show. prospect. Yeah, yeah I feel like go. we'd be good together. So you still you have you still have uh, you know one one host left, Gary, and then you know you've completed damn, your game's I, daily. I, I thought I'd got the I thought I'd got, it's like an Animal Crossing where I thought I had every fossil and there was one left that I didn't have. It's gonna drive me crazy now until I get it. All right, we'll have to make that work. I'll talk to Andy. We'll make it work. It's not as bad as missing those paintings. And I'm like I don't know. I'm going to dedicate my whole life to this thing. Yeah, I think I'm missing. Um, I guess uh, Tam. If we're throwing Tam in there, I think that's the only person. That would be a good combo cool. too. Yeah, J-Tam, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got to cross off the last remaining combos. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, making history today. Uh, also, you joined TikTok today, or at least announced it. Today. I know. I've been. No, I've been on TikTok for a while. For for, for what reason? I don't know. I was worried about joining TikTok because I'm almost 50 years old. I felt like if I joined TikTok, they might put mm-hmm. me on some sort of register. I don't know. Um, but uh, my kid's on it mm-hmm. and she uses it primarily as a messaging app. Uh, but she's also addicted to TikToks now. She looks up like kid-friendly TikToks. Like um, She's into all kinds of really interesting like kind of art TikTok. There's actually all kinds of amazing stuff oh, on yeah. TikTok. I, may, I think I may have under underestimated it. When I think of TikTok, I only think of like, the stuff that kind of bubbles to the surface and goes viral, which is usually like very kind of, you know, whatever. But there's actually some really interesting stuff on there that my kids introduced me to. So, yeah, I'm on TikTok. And if you want to follow me on TikTok, I mean, I doubt I'll post anything, but if you want to, I'm just Gary Witter on TikTok. Yeah. So you're not sure if you're going to post? You should post. I don't know. What would I do on it? Something. I mean, what just, do, what do people do on it? What, what would I do? Literally just, just like, just hit record, you know? I like, can't dance. About, I mean, there's, I feel like there's a million questions people would love to ask you about like all the projects you've done, like where you get ideas from, how you got started in the industry. Yeah, like I feel like it would be a well of content, even just going on there and saying, hey, here's who I am. Let me know if you have any questions. I feel like what is would, What is the limit to, a, to the length of a video that you can post on TikTok? Is it like Currently, a thing where they have to be really short? They Right now, the, the common limit is three minutes. I think some people are getting even longer versions okay. as well, but it's like you can do 15 seconds, 60 seconds or three minutes. Okay, yeah, because the ones that I see, are, are, it seems like the ones that are, are, are popular are the, are the ones where they keep it short, where like they, mm-hmm. they manage to set up the gag and do yeah, it like yeah. real fast. Because you want to yeah. just like swipe through them and, and, and get the gag quickly. People have such short attention spans these days. Yeah. I remember when like we crossed some kind of barrier some years ago when people said like, watch my 10 minute video. And people were like, 10 minutes. And then remember, I mean, when, and when Vine, obviously Vine didn't last very long, but when Vine got it down to six seconds, I'm like, this yeah. is it. Like, are we saying now that six seconds is all we can deal with? And I'm, gl- I'm actually glad that never survived because I thought, come on, surely we can do better than that. I'm as bad it's, as anyone really else, short. though. Like, I can't get anything more than like a couple of minutes. I'm like, oh, really? You know? Yeah, I have that problem really bad with movies. I'm like, how long is it? I'm like, oh, above two hours. Like, and it, but then I'll watch like eight hours of a sitcom that I've seen a million times over. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a lot of cool stuff popping up on there. I do like they have the multiple like, time formats and yeah i mean it's really whatever you want to make it to be but i feel like i see a bunch of you know kind of like you were mentioning like with your kid looking up tiktoks like there's so many different ways to do content there that it like can really just be whatever you want so i see a lot um, of these like these, well, i followed these... you on there so we'll see okay well that's good I like, well, now i have to create something i thought it was just like girls doing dances and stuff but, yeah, I, but yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of good comedy i think tiktok is a really good venue for people to do comedy again like short form comedy you can like set up a gag and do it in like 15 or 30 seconds i've seen like tiktok magic there's some cool stuff on yep. there i should inv- i should definitely investigate chat's further. telling you to do like writing tips there's like definitely like a writing mm-hmm. uh uh corner of tiktok gary well i heard that i heard that book tiktok is oh. very popular oh, yeah, book there's talk, like yeah. this kind of this informal there was a whole thing recently where the publishing industry was trying to figure out why certain books including like older books that have been out for a while was suddenly becoming bestsellers, and it's be- and it was because that just like organically, the TikTok book community decided that this was like it's not like Oprah's book club or like Oprah says this is going to be the next big book. It's just like this organic thing happens where lots of TikTokers just kind of 
crowdsource decide this is the next book that we're into and then these books start shooting up the charts so now the publishing industry is trying to figure out like how to how to game book tiktok and make their next book a big hit so i have a book coming out later this year so maybe i should start figuring this stuff out yeah you know get in out the best time is the second best time is now right the best time would be before like yesterday yeah. second best time is now you yeah, know? there's so so yeah, so there's so much of my life is summed up that way. Like the best time to, to do something would have been ages ago. And I'm just now I mean, figuring it out. Yeah. You've done a lot, but I, I feel that there's always more. There, there always feels like there's more to be done. Um and speaking of more, we got a bunch more news for y'all. Cause today's stories include PlayStation joining Summer Game Fest, Hashimoto announcing retirement from Square Enix, June's Game Pass games, and more, because this is Kinda Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and Fortnite to help support kind of funny to be part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show some housekeeping for you every kind of funny wrestling uh, championship is on the line today yes kfw memorial day brawl pops off after this episode of kind of funny games daily come see if joey noel can knock off a lot of pierce and become the kind of funny twitch champion if you miss it live it'll be up asap on youtube.com slash kind of funny games a thank you to our patreon producers anonymous and fargo brady today we're brought to you by chime and credit karma but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories here today. A baker's dozen. And I want to kick it off with PlayStation joining Summer Game Fest. This is kind of building on a conversation that was started on Friday's episode of KFGD when we found out that PlayStation was doing a state of play at all. But now we know that it's officially like branded as Summer Game Fest. I actually saw this from Nebellion's Twitter where uh, they had posted up PlayStation's like promotional and it had like the little kind of watermark logo in the corner uh, saying Summer Game Fest. And it's like, oh, I guess this is now part of it. So I want to kind of unpack that and talk about it. A bunch of angles we can take it from. Uh, First, I want to kind of lay the scene for what is Summer Game Fest, because I feel like even in those conversations, there's been like, oh, it's E3, but you know, not E3, like there's a bunch of stuff happening, but what's all a part of it. Uh, According to Summer Game Fest's official website, their upcoming events are listed as June 2nd, PlayStation State of Play, June 9th, Summer Game Fest, June 10th, Netflix Geeked Week Gaming, June 10th as well, Tribeca Game Spotlight, and June 12th, Xbox and Bethesda Showcase. Uh, We also saw a tweet recently from Keeley where he was uh, mentioning that there are, you know, 30 partners and more to be announced, a bunch of different activities, kind of posted up a little graphic of some of those partners, you know, folks like 2K, Activision, um, Bloober, Capcom, Netflix, PlayStation, you know, the list goes on and we're supposed to hear more. And then we also have a tweet from Greg uh, where he announced that him, Tim, Bless, uh, are going to L.A. to uh, play some games during Summer Games Fest Play Days, which is going to be a media-only preview event that's happening. So that's kind of what we currently know of what Summer Game Fest is. So I want to start off by asking you, Gary, does now knowing that PlayStation State of Play is branded as a Summer Game Fest event, does that change your expectations? Does it increase, decrease them, keep them the same? Where are you at with that kind of branding that we now know it, about? It, it, it doesn't change my ex- expectations of of what we'd be seeing. You know what we'd be seeing. I think you know what, whatever sticker they put on the front. You know the contents of the box. You know, what's inside the box? I don't think are gonna are gonna change. I do think it is interesting in terms of just like well. What's what's going to be replaced? Is E3 really gone? And is this this is this the new E3? Has Jeff Keighley now just kind of consumed E3, and it's now going to be all Keighley all the time in the summer? It kind of seems that way, right? If, if 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 an event as big as State of Play, which has always you know been kind of an independent Sony event, and I'm sure will continue to be so, but if it's like now kind of falling under the Jeff Keighley umbrella, that kind of feels like another big step towards you know the Jeff Keighley. What seems to be the increasingly inevitable. Uh, domination of the, the of universe the by jeff Keeley, don't you think he's taking yeah. over what he's unstoppable what's going to stop him at this point uh now it sounds scary I, yeah I, I do think that he's kind of uncontested i feel like we've seen 
what it's like in the in the wake of E3 and the stuff that happens outside of like Keeley's Summer Game Fest. And while I think Summer Game Fest has a lot of room for growth, it definitely is like the thing of the summer. There's other stuff happening here and there, but everyone's talking about Summer Game Fest, you know, will it replace E3, etc. I I think it he has a little while before it has that kind of I think cachet to it, but I feel like the foundation is pretty strong. It's just about, I guess, getting the the messaging and the conversation skewed in the right direction. Um, which brings me to my next question. Do you think, do you buy into Summer Game Fest's kind of construction of it being this kind of seasonal era with these different like events underneath it? Like when you see those things, do you like, do you associate those things with Summer Game Fest when you think Xbox, Bethesda? Are you like, oh, that's part of SGF even, you know, it is officially, but do you kind of have that association with it? Not yet, but that will depend on on how good a job they do of kind of branding it all under this umbrella. If they've got like Keeley doing links between all these events and the Xbox and PlayStation people are saying, thanks, Jeff, we're excited to be part of Summer Game, or if they kind of do right. it in that way. But again, that to me is all just like, it's blah, it's all just stuff. Like to me, it doesn't matter. Like what are the games? But definitely I think, you know, for the, for the many, you know, I, I mean, I'm old enough to remember like when CES, was the thing, but when E3 came along and kind of made and, and made this, you know, summer when when E3 started happening in the summer many years ago, and basically they, over the years, it's created this. It's conditioned us to expect some kind of big game reveal extravaganza in the summer every year, and typically that had been associated with E3. That's when it happened. Now that E3's gone away, it has kind of left a vacuum, right? We still, oh yeah, but where are our summer game reveals? If if E3's not going to do it. Who will? Well, you know, here comes Jeff Keighley stepping into the breach and others. You know, IGN, I think, typically does some kind of summer games fest thing as well. And so a bunch of people are now summer kind of looking to fill that void. And, and Jeff definitely seems like he's in pole position, right? He's doing a very good job of putting all these different elements together. What do you think it'll take for this to be the new wave? And like, do you buy that it even is the new wave? Do you buy that we need a new wave? Do you see E3 coming back? Like, what do you think these next few years of like the summer gaming season looks like? I don't think e, I don't think E three's coming back anytime soon. Certainly not as a big in person event. You know, COVID obviously really was. I think was the final nail in the coffin for what many people thought had been kind of a moribund enterprise for many years. I've seen I've seen E three die and come back so many times, and I, I think this might be it. Especially especially if in its absence something else comes in and occupies that space. Right? It's gonna and and we get to the point where we now associate. Uh, summer with you know Summer Games Fest and Keeley and all these other events like E3 is going to just start kind of like fading. You know, you had your time now it's someone else's turn. But again though, to me it doesn't really matter how it's branded. I think there will always be at this point. I think there will always be some kind of big summer games reveal festival. Like summer is just a good time to do it, right? Because you're like six months out from when these games typically, or like four or five months out from when these games will start hitting because it's typically like the big holiday game reveals. Um, so there'll always be, a, there'll, I think there'll always be a market for it. There'll always be an expectation for something in the summer. What form that ends up taking, you know, will I think will take a few years to kind of sort out as like things will either bed in and settle in and kind of become the expectation going forward or not. But again, I don't think it matters what the branding is as long as you know we get to look at like you know bunches of cool new game trailers and reveals and surprise. I don't really care like what's, I, I don't really care like how the present is is wrapped. I just right. care that we get a present every summer. Yeah, there's, a, there's something to open up. Um, what do you think, like, these kind of, I guess, summer events, right? We could put in, uh, God, was it Summer Game Fest? I'm still getting used to the name, even though it's been, like, a few years. And, like, E3, like, what do you think these do for the industry, like, for media, for content? Because I think there's also a lot of conversation, um, both from people in the industry and people outside the industry kind of asking, like, you know, what's the point? Do we really need a unifying thing? Like, what do you, you kind of mentioned that it doesn't really matter as long as we get the thing, but then also you need to like plan to make that happen. So like, where do you see, like, what is the impact this has on the industry in general? I mean, again, I really don't think it makes that much of a difference. Even when it was under the banner of E3, right? They still felt like separate events. Like on one day, mm. Sony would do their big event. The next day, Xbox would do their big event. Um, Ubisoft would do their, and they always felt like separate, you know, discrete events. I mean, they fell under the banner of E3, but like, what does that, what does that matter? Like, who cares? Like, we just want to yeah. see, the games. It was it was a unifying thing that meant that all of these things kind of happened at once, and that was cool because it was like one week where it was like, oh my god, there's so much stuff. Sony today, Xbox tomorrow, Ubisoft the day after that, Activision, Devolver, all this stuff is coming, and we like that. We like that it all came at, at us all at once. And I guess you do need kind of like a unifying umbrella, you know, for for that to happen. But like that pattern 
is established now. And again, if it's not going to be under the banner of E3, it's going to be under the Jeff Keighley banner or whatever. It does make me ask, ask the question, Janet, and I want your opinion. I mean, like, do you, I mean, like, let me ask you this. How much, how much Jeff Keighley is too much Jeff Keighley? Does he mm. need to be stopped? Is it getting out of control? Is, 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 is Jeff Keighley really the answer to all of our problems as he seems <sighs> to think he is? I mean, that's an interesting question. I think we are starting to approach maybe where it's a lot. Like, I think if he gets Peak the fall Keely. in, because he has winter. Like, he has winter, he has summer. He's got, he's like, got, yeah, he's like, you've already got the, the, the December, left, dude. Like, right? what are you, like, what are you doing in the summer as well? He, he wants to get to a point where it's just like, he just dominates the entire calendar. Like, every month we're talking about something that Jeff Keighley is doing. Yeah, it's like pumpkin cream cold brew. Also, Jeff Keighley's, you know, fall of right. autumn. I don't know. Right, right. you've um, got the Jeff Keighley peppermint latte in December. Then you've got the then you've got the pumpkin spice Jeff Keeley in the mm -hmm. fall, and then you're, you're like Jeff Keeley Easter egg spring collection. I don't know, but like there's no there's no getting away from the guy. I could see I could point. see an we, Easter egg saturation yeah. point. Yeah, I think it's 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 getting to be a lot in this. I think he one thing that I would like to see if I had like a magic wand that also didn't destroy the industry because again I don't actually know like what it takes to put together these kind of events. So I, I try to always have things couched in, in in that fact, right? Like, I don't know what it takes to actually put those things together. But what I would really like to see from, like, Jeff Keighley's content and his position in the industry is for him to begin to decenter himself for a number of reasons. One, I think it is kind of a lot. Uh, two, I think you, you know, always need to be looking towards the future. And the reality is, even though, like, Jeff is, you know, fairly young, and I, I see him being in the industry for a very long time, uh, clearly he seems to have the passion for it. You know, that's still not forever. You need to kind of, if he really wants to make this, if, if we if we take his word, his stuff at face value, right, and he wants to sort of move the industry forward and celebrate games and bring games into the mainstream, then that, that, needs, that needs to be bigger than him. Because if not, it just ends when he's done or when he decides he's done or when, you know, his life ends if we want to be morbid with it. Um, and I think especially something like, <laughs> right? Like I, stuff ends. I was, like, I, Jan, I was opening the door for you to like kind of rag on Jeff Keighley. And now you're talking about when is he going to die? You've got, I like, mean, look, at a certain point, surpassing my expectations. It's so it's going to be over. So like what's next? And if we really, you know, believe what he says and that it is about moving the industry forward, it isn't just about his ego as he's often accused of, then I'd like to see some of those things take place. And I'm sure he'd argue that that's why he has like future class, but Currently, I don't I don't really see that as quite like a pipeline to like carrying on the torch of the industry. It's more of like a here's a collection of different creators and maybe trying to do, you know, I think future class is generally a good idea, but I don't think that's the end of him trying to leave a, a larger impact. Um, and really what I want to see more than anything is him is for him to be decentered for um, game awards, because, you know, like I, I, I was having a conversation with my brother about like Jeff and people's perceptions of Jeff. And um, I was like, yeah, you know, like people kind of feel like he's maybe a little too egotistical, but like, I don't know, it's like his award show, whatever. And he's like, yeah, who, who's the Grammys? And I'm like, oh, you're fucking right. Like, you know, like, I think if we really want this to be gaming's Grammys, gaming's Oscars, even though there's a whole fuck the Oscars meme, it should be in a have a little bit more of a neutrality feeling to it so that it can be more industry focused and isn't just like perceived as Keely Knight. You know, whether he wants that or doesn't want that, that is the current perception. And I think it'd be worthwhile to kind of step away from it. I feel um, like he could go farther if he, he could go further if he wanted to though. Like he could call the awards the Keeleys and have a little yeah. like gold Jeff statuette. So you get a little little Jeff person Giant, that you get to put on your shelf. Like he, he could definitely go those, further like, with it. Those big poster stickers you could put on the wall, the fat heads where it's like a giant cutout of someone's right. face. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Me. So I just want to be clear. Je Jeff and I have like this fake feud that's been going on for ages. It often leads to me kind of like ragging on. Anytime Jeff comes up, I always find some way to kind of like to 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 make fun of his expense. But I actually think that what he has done overall um, has been tremendous in terms of mm -hmm. raising the profile of games and kind of bringing that kind of. There's an argument of whether or not we really want to try to be emulating that Hollywood glamour. You know, the, the, yeah. every, the games industry is every bit as big as Hollywood. We don't need to be like looking up to them it's not like we're oh games why can't we be more like movies we don't really want to be more like movies trust me the movie business is fucked up so we, we should be just proud of you know where we are as a game game industry and not looking to emulate anyone but in terms of raising the profile of gaming and and, and bringing it to the masses and making it feel like we are you know because i think many people do have this kind of weird inferiority complex well oh we're not as legit as movies or television or the grammys or whatever i think he's done a good job in kind of making that feel like no we can be just as as cool as as anyone else, and and rightly so. And and again, in terms of um, you know, the the summer stuff. Like I said, someone had, someone had to step into that breach, right? E three is mm -hmm. done, and so who who's going to bring those summer 
game reveals to us? Is it going to be a disparate collection of, well, IGN's going to do a thing over here and GameSpot's going to do something and Devolver's just going to do its own thing and, you know, it'll just be this kind of thing. It is kind of nice to have, like, a, like I said, a unifying framework for it. And I think like, Jeff's obviously decided this is the opportunity to do that. And he's done a good job of it, right? I don't know how, like, remember how long Summer Games Fest has been around, but, like, it's the format for it has, you know, has at this point kind of has kind of calcified and we expect it now. Like, oh, what's going to be in Summer Games Fest next year? Like, it's it's become a thing on the calendar. And it's not, it's not easy to do that. And so I congratulate Jeff on all the success that he's had in, like, bringing... It's, it's hard work as well. I can't even imagine how, how how much work it is to, like, put the Game Awards together every year, right? And there's, I mean, I used to do that stupid animal talking show, and it was a full-time job just to do a stupid, you know, talk show on Twitch for two hours. But when you're dealing with, like, a full live event and, like, orchestras and remotes to different places around the world, logistically, that's an absolute nightmare. So to, to be able to even, like, stage something on that scale is just, just a really impressive, like, you know, amount of effort and, and planning that goes into that. So I say um, fair play to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we move on, I do want to comment on something that uh, this is like an old thing, but I like highlight it because I want to get back to it in the chat. Uh, Nightlife 2021, all E3 was was a vacation spot for game journalists. I could not <laughs> disagree <laughs> with that more. Though I will say afterwards, yeah, a lot of people hit Disney World or Land or whatever the fuck is there. Yeah, but, but afterwards, um, though, that's their I, own time. Yeah, exactly. Like, I worked so, like, me and like everybody that I like was around like at IGN other people and like other outlets like you know it is cool because we're all together and like yeah you see like the photo I think it's easy to think that when you see like the photos of the meetups or the bar afterwards but like what you don't see as much or I feel like what doesn't get talked about as much is like the insane amount of work that goes into coverage and interview and like you know I've I had posted more articles in that small span of a few days than I had in like months um and it's also what I I like about it too obviously I'm not in favor of like people just grind themselves into dust. But I think E3 and Summer Game Fest and that kind of era, it brings out um, an extra energy, I think, from creators and from outlets, like, of varying sizes. There is, like, a big unifying, again, conversation point, coverage point, in a way that we don't get any other time of the year. Like, we obviously have, like, common ground with, you know, big game releases and things like that. But um, that's really one thing that I really value from, you know, whether it's E3, whether it's Summer Game Fest, it doesn't really, like you said, it doesn't really matter who does it as long as it's happening and continues to happen uh it'll still be sort of that pinnacle thing that people look towards for setting up companies for like the remainder of the year and kind of setting the tone for everything see this uh, is I, i've talked about this before and this is why i think a lot of the the conversation in the games media about like oh is e3 going away and isn't that a big deal is a little bit overblown because i think like you know many of us who do this kind of stuff um you know, we live in a bit of a media bubble where we experience E3 very differently to the vast majority of people. Like I, try, I, I worked in the, you know, I was the editor of PC Gamer and worked in games uh, journalism for many years. So I remember going to E3 and going to the, you know, the behind the scenes events and the the big reveals and the 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 the, you know, the private demos and going to the, you know, the you know, the bar at the Figueroa Hotel and going out partying to all these glamorous events. Yeah, that was wonderful, and I understand why games journalists who still enjoy that today. Oh, I get to go to E3 and see all my friends. If that's going away, I can understand why you might mourn that. But that only really impacts a very, very small subset of, of privileged mm -hmm. kind of media people, like a couple of thousand people. For the vast majority of people out there who you know think about E3, the millions and millions of gamers, they're going to continue to experience it the same way that they always have, which is on some kind of live stream, and they'll watch it and they'll come out online and they'll move on. Whether it's whether it's Keeley's, whether it's the Keeley event or the E3s or IGN or whatever it might be, they're not going to be affected. But I do think there's been a little bit of kind of over amplification of what a big deal the um e3 is because the people that are writing those stories and reporting on it are the people that are going to miss all the fun stuff the most which is the games journalists mm -hmm. yeah and it seems like that some of that's getting incorporated as well through things like uh what is it called like play days or whatever right uh, it'll be interesting too to see how that might evolve because i know like e3 for a long time was like like going to e3 right was a media only thing and they eventually did open some of that up to the public so i'll be mm -hmm. curious to see like how jeff approaches some of those things and like what like I would and I'm sure this conversation's out there somewhere because I know Jeff does do interviews sometimes, but like what he perceives as things he wants to replicate and things he wants to move away from in terms of like what how he sees this going forward. But um yeah, excited to see what it turns out to be. Very glad I don't have to make it. But I get secondhand stress just watching people like Jeff do content, even though we do content all the time. But like it's a different you know, level. Um, and yeah, so, you know, best of luck to everybody involved in, in the production side of those things, because it is a lot. Uh, let's move on to our next story. Um, 
Shinji Hajimoto announced his retirement from Square Enix. This comes from Sean Mori over at The Gamer, uh, who writes, Shinji Hashimoto has officially announced his retirement from Square Enix. The former Final Fantasy brand manager and Square Enix executive officer made the announcement on Twitter earlier today. Good day, everyone. As of today, May 31st, I am leaving my job due to entering retirement age, wrote Hashimoto. I had worked with many people from various fields during my tenure. From here on, I'd like to support Square Enix as a fan. Thank you very much. Hashimoto's retirement comes as no surprise. At last year's Digital Fan Fest, Hashimoto announced he was stepping down as Final Fantasy brand manager and revealed his replacement, Yoshinori uh, Katasi. For the past year, Hashimoto has served as a corporate advisor, essentially training his replacement pending his official retirement. For 27 years, Hashimoto has served as producer or executive producer for nearly every Final Fantasy game ever produced, with credits that include the likes of Final Fantasy VII Remake, Neo, The World Ends With You, All Three Kingdom Hearts, which quick interjection the phrase all three kingdom hearts is just funny to me when there's like a kajillion kingdom hearts but anyway the the last remnant hashimoto has worked on over 100 games since joining square enix back in 1995 when it was still just squaresoft and has served as final fantasy's brand director for well over a decade hashimoto has also been in charge of first production department at square enix for as long as it's been around enjoy your retirement mr hashimoto so yeah congrats to him on you know finishing and seeing through a career and, and reaching retirement. Um, again, I don't know why everything's very morbid or I'm, I'm like at the end of days in a lot of my conversation, but um, well, one, what do you uh, take from this? Are you a Final Fantasy person? And two, Gary, have you thought about retirement and what the end of your career looks like? And how, are you, how are you going out? Are you, are you sending out, are you sending out the tweet? Are you like, you are, 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 are you, are you this, more, I, I don't know you terribly well, Janet. It's our first time hosting. Are you this morbid all the time? Are you constantly thinking about like death and the end of life? Cause I feel like we keep ending up back here. A little bit. Cause me and Barrett um, on one of the post shows, like that's how I like described like bless was like, Oh, you're doing this 100 games project. Isn't that going to take forever? Isn't that like a lifetime? Um, and I'm like, yeah, but you know, I need something to do as I like await for the inevitable. <laughs> and Barrett's like, that's why I do my like video essay. Well, it, we so, were yeah, talking about bit. like replaying games. Like why are you guys replaying shit all the time? It's like, well, this might be the last time, you know, like I get to play one of my favorite games of all time. You never know. You never know. Yep. You have no idea. Um, well, to answer your question, I mean, I, I mean, we joke it, but I'm really not that far off. I'm only ten years. I'm I'm ne- I'm ten years away from being able to like claim my you know my pension and my retirement. All that stuff kicks right. in at like fifty nine and a half. I'm going to be fifty in a couple of months. So yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's getting there. Um, I've never really. I mean, I have thought about like getting to it. It would be nice to just like sit on a beach and and not have to work anymore. The nice thing about the kind of work that I do is is that I I enjoy my work. I like you know the whole reason why I do right. is I like writing. I don't consider it. A chore. Sometimes, you know, if it's, I think we all have days when you don't want to, you know, you just want to blow it off. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. Even when I was working on Star Wars, there were days I still want to do it today. Like, it's just a human thing. Um, But the nice thing about it is, I I do, it's not like I'll be glad to have to not to work anymore. I'll be glad to not have to work anymore. But the the difference is, I probably would still continue to work. I probably would still continue to write and have ideas and want to make things just because, like, that, that impulse doesn't go away you know, when there's no longer any financial imperative to do so. Certainly the, one of the reasons why I work is I need to earn money to support my family. If I immediately, if I suddenly became independently wealthy overnight, like let's say I won the lottery tomorrow, I probably would take a year off and like mm-hmm. doss around for a bit. But like, I think creative Sounds people, nice. I've seen this before. I've seen other people who got very rich and retired early said, I'm retired. But like a year later, they're back at it because they, they get bored sitting on a beach. They're like, yep. no, I want to, I, I want to do something. The, the same, the same creative impulse that led to them becoming successful in the first place doesn't just go away once they be, they become rich. Like it's still there driving them. And so, I mean, look at Ridley Scott. He's like in his eighties and he's still making movies. He makes like three movies a year. And so I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the idea of not having to work anymore, but I think I probably would, I probably will. And it's writing, right? As long as my fingers work and my brain work, I can still, I can still, you know, do the thing. And so um, I like to think I'd be able to, you know, continue working beyond like, typical retirement age but be nice to be able to do it on my own terms and just write things that i want to write just for fun rather than worrying about paying the bills yeah and i think you totally nailed it where you a lot of times now in a case like this i feel like it's you know it's been set up for a while and i wouldn't i could see it either way with like someone like hashimoto because really whenever anyone in the industry retires like 
there's always a chance that they're resources in some form, even if it's something small, right? Um, and, you know, it's funny to think of, like, a book as small because a book is, like, a huge undertaking. But, you know, you see people, like, do, you know, end up being on boards, end up doing speaking engagements, end up doing books. Like, a lot of times, people who are into the industry, again, like you said, that doesn't go just vanish overnight um and you may see them kind of service in other ways but obviously like it's always exciting for people to you know be able to make that choice for themselves and sort of end their career on their terms we also know that's a luxury that's not afforded to uh, many people um in you know in an industry as uh, challenging i think as this one uh, and that has the turnover that uh, ours does be it you know media be it development um so definitely a huge accomplishment is there an industry retirement that you think would kind of like move you on a deeper level at all like i always think about like miyamoto um and like what that's going to be like and all that but like is there anything like that that you have on your yeah radar, I, was, I mean that was like... that was that was my immediate go-to mm-hmm. i was i was i was going to ask the final fantasy question back to because i think to answer your question i'm not terribly familiar with like the final fantasy games I've, I've dabbled but i'm not an expert and so this guy hashimoto uh i don't like is is he a guy like that, that now that he's retired and is no longer contributing to the to the square enix universe of games you know final fantasy kingdom hearts do you think that do you think that gamers will would is that something you would notice going forward? Is it like oh, some essential flavor is gone now that that guy's not there anymore? Do you know what I mean? Is that is that a thing that's likely to happen? I think so because of the role it is. Like I imagine that's a much more like team centered um, role, and I think the fact that they've been doing the transition for the last year probably has primed things to like you know be a little bit less noticeable. Um, I think it also depends on like. If fans had, and again, I'm not a Final Fantasy person, so people in the chat or in you're wrong can mention what, you know, Hashimoto's meant to like you and your fandom. But I think a lot of times because that is so behind the scenes, like it wouldn't be as generally perceived by mainstream fans. But, you know, it, uh, that one I'm not really sure because I don't know any specifics on like, oh, yeah, like Hashimoto led this specific campaign or something like that where it'd be like perceived by like, the common fan. But you, but you said it. Miyamoto's the one, right? I think that if, if you know, if I mean, I think he's already kind of halfway there, right? He said before that it's he's like kind of stepping back now. in ways. But like, if he were to say, like, I'm officially retired, or God forbid, although you'll probably like this, Janet, if he were to die, right? Like, I don't, that, don't even joke about that. That, like, would, that honestly, would be that would I'm, that would be a, a genuine. Like, I think we would all like that would be a genuine, very serious moment of mourning, right, in the game industry. That would be terrible. I don't, I don't even like thinking about it. I want to get off this topic. It's horrible. But like Miyamoto is someone who is so like one of the like I think the word genius gets thrown around too much. But Miyamoto is an absolute genuine bona fide, mm-hmm. a true genius, right? And I th- I don't think Nintendo would be would be half the company it is today were it not for his creative contributions over the years. And don't forget, it's not just like the games that he's you know, been like directly involved in making like Mario and Zelda. It's like he put he puts his hands in everything, right? He'll mm-hmm. even if he just like comes and shows up for a day and says, why don't you do it more like this and more like that? His creative influences fell all over the kind of the Nintendo universe and everything that they do. And when he steps back and well when he, for whatever reason when his influence is no longer felt anymore, I think you know I, I the closest analogy I think is like when Steve Jobs died, right? Like Apple, you know, like Steve Jobs was so closely associated and so directly responsible for the things that made Apple the, the company that is today is like, oh yeah here's here's the here's the iPod here's the iPhone here are these amazing things that literally no one else would have done would would have thought of and, and made it exactly the way that they were that after he passed Apple is still a tremendously successful company in the same way that I think Nintendo will go yeah. on to be a tremendously successful company but like there's not been a holy shit Apple did what moment since Steve Jobs died because he was the guy that came up with those things. And Tim Cook, I think, has done a very good job leading the gun. The watch and all these, all these things have been very good, and the company's making shed loads of money. But when was the last time Apple like blew you, know, blew your socks off with something that they announced the way they did when Steve Jobs was there? I think it will, I think it will be a similar thing when Nintendo has the legacy that Miyamoto will leave is like that creative legacy will always be kind of you know, it will be kind of in the bones of Nintendo as a company, and his his genius and his influence will be will be felt long after he's gone but if he's not there doing it day to day anymore i do think that again in that case i think something essential will be lost and i don't even want to think well like a post you know how much i love nintendo i think it's one of the one of the truly indispensable i think it's the one truly indispensable company in the games business without them the games industry is just less special and and i think without nintendo without miyamoto nintendo is less special and so i don't even want to think about it god why, why are we talking about death Okay, and and first people, all, you, the end of things is and, you so know, depressing. It's, 
it's funny it's because people are like it's they're like oh it's that's so retirement such a morbid thought i'm like what is morbid about retirement like you that, that's on your own terms like y'all are the ones that I know, went but to like the, the way you, like, you, know, you ever think about the end you know it's like it's just I mean, the way like, you, you phrased gotta, it you gotta, you got a plan, you know, um, I will say like, you know, before we move on uh, for me, but yeah, obviously, like I am also like a huge Nintendo fan. Um, and I actually told this story on Min Max the other day because someone wrote in asking about like, oh, what is your ideal for like creators that you admire, like seeing them retire? Like, would you want to see like, you know, an event? Like, how would you want to announce? Like we were kind of having that conversation, you know, Miyamoto and his work came up and I'm like, yeah, literally I was watching. Um, I was doing some, you know looking up on old games because i was like writing on uh, a, a thing on the uh super mario 3d land so i'm like okay let me refresh myself on like how this game was marketed and like kind of conversation around this game um and they had like on the nintendo site like on the game page like a little video interview with miyamoto talking about the design of the game and just hearing him talk about it and like how also knowing that that's such a, a brilliant one of the best mario games in my opinion is mario 3d land and like i got emotional just hearing just hearing about it because I don't know. It's just it's it's wild to not only have, a, I think, a product and a, a piece of art that you really admire, but to kind of get the additional insights and like know who like was involved in the creative like genius that kind of went into it. And yeah, like, you know, really moving stuff. But again, congrats to Hashimoto, um, you know, may like all these creators like find uh, their timing to like kind of do their retirement and and carve the path in their career that they want to carve uh whether that's just you know going off into the sunset whether that's doing other content afterwards um you know hopefully people find satisfaction and joy in those endeavors so congrats to him um on to on to lighter stuff i promise this will be lighter okay i guarantee you we'll be back on death and decay in like five minutes let's see how we do it's just games coming to game pass now Warning, I am going to mention the games that are leaving Game Pass as well. So no! I don't know if that's too much. No! If that's too much for you. But look, the information's out there. Okay, June 1st, we have For Honor. June 2nd, we have Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. June 7th, we have Assassin's Creed Origins, Chorus, Disc Room, Space Lines from the Far Out. Quick interjection, I'm still hearing Barrett yell. No. In no! My head, Barrett, do you have some kind of like bell tolling sound effect that we could put over this? I feel like it would be very appropriate right now. Oh my now. God. <laughs> I really, you know, this isn't the legacy I wanted to make for myself today, but you know, you don't get to pick what you're famous for, is also what I would say. Vic Rattler uh, in the see- chat asks, where do games go when they leave game pass i don't know oh my god they go they go to they go to a they go to a lovely farm where they get to play with all the other games that have left game pass yay you get discounts on them if they leave game pass if you have game pass okay dlc updates uh we have age of empires 3 definitive edition and knights of the um mediterranean dlc available now microsoft flight simulator top gun maverick expansion available now that top gun's getting a lot of hype so i feel like if you're someone that was playing microsoft flight simulator that might be one worth hitting up uh no man's sky leviathan expedition is available now and sea of thieves lost sands adventure available until june 9th again i didn't do this for the memes but i did i did want to tell you what's leaving game pass uh darkest dungeon uh dungeons and dragons dark alliance greenfall and limbo uh as well as worms rumble so if you're currently playing in those games or you want to play in those games go play them now before they go off to where where the games go uh when they leave game pass but yeah um any of those uh notable whether arrivals or or ones leaving like anything from here that you're going to pick up are you a game pass no, person, I mean, Gary? I, for me, I, I i was looking at it kind of from an, from an unbiased but that's a good that looks like a good chunk of new games coming it's just that none of them personally felt like they were for me like there's nothing here for yeah. me but i think there's a lot for other people i think there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff here don't forget the other thing you can do with game pass if you if let's say you're like halfway through a game and you realize oh it's going to go away but i want to keep playing it you have the, the the other nice thing about game pass is you have the option to buy it at like a discounted rate so you can just like yeah. say well i want to own this one if it's a game you really care about and you can see yourself continuing to play it and you don't want it to go away you know th- that's the nice thing about the warnings like this thing's going away so you know either finish it now and move on to the next game or you can purchase it and don't have to worry about it leaving Game Pass. So they do, they do give you the option. Yeah, or chaotically start it and try to beat it. I mean, Limbo is really a short. You could probably beat that pretty quickly. Yeah, um, quick. I would love, let me know if anyone does this content already, but I would love like a Twitch or YouTube channel that was like just things leaving Game Pass and they just try to like get through as much content <laughs> as possible once you know that it's on its way out. Um, I will say too, occasionally things come back to game pass obviously i think yeah if you're playing it and you want to finish it just go ahead and buy it um but that happened with me with um outer wilds i think it was it was on game pass then it wasn't so i just bought it like i think i just bought it on playstation and then it came back like while i was playing it i was like well you know hey 
I already have it now. So um, that's the, you know, the I, I was going to say the best way to have games, but with online stuff, that might not even be true. I don't know. It's it's all it all is what it is. Uh, that did get morbid. See, now now it's in my head. Now it's in my head. You know, now it's like it's all it's all caught up. Let's talk about something a little bit more cheery. Uh, the Pokemon Company has had a record financial year. It comes from Ed Nightingale over at Eurogamer. Who writes, the Pokemon Company has seen a record financial year, according to industry analyst Dr. Serkin Toto. Uh, filing in the Japanese government's official gazette shows sales were up over 70% from the previous year to uh, 204 million yen, while operating uh, profits was at uh, 59 billion yen, a, uh, which is uh, U.S. 460 million. And that profit rose 123% to 41 million yen, a.k.a. 320 million. Of course, uh, that's down to some huge game releases over the fiscal year, including Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Pokemon Unite, and new Pokemon Snap. Uh, That's on top of Pokemon Go, the trading uh, card game, and the usual assortment of merchandise. Pokemon Legends Arceus sales were previously were particularly impressive, selling 6.5 million copies in its first week. And then, of course, later this year, we will get Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which will undoubtedly provide another huge boost in sales. Uh, Gary, are you a, are you a Pokemon person? And then do you think that we're going to continue to see this aggressive of a release calendar from Pokemon? Because I feel like, and again, you know, kind of find.com slash you're wrong if you have additional examples. I feel like this is one of the most aggressive windows of Pokemon that we've been in, especially in terms of like console or, you know, game releases. Cause obviously, you know, you could argue like the movies and things like that being a, a bit of a boom, but yeah. What do you think? What do you make of this? I've tried to play Pokemon games over the years and never got into them, but I have a, I have a nine year old kid. So I'm, I'm a Pokemon uh, fan by extension. She actually not as much as she used to be, but for like for the last couple of years, she was really, really into it. I got to this. She watches, she, she loves the anime cartoons she loves the video games. She's kind of into the cards, but not, you know, like the physical cards, but not that much. But like, I'm at a point now where, you know, you know, in the, the mainline kind of Pokemon anime show when they have mm-hmm. that thing in the middle. Who's that Pokemon? And they show you sure. the silhouette. I can nine, nine times out of 10, I could identify. That's pretty impressive. Not because I have any interest in myself, but just because I've been exposed to it so much that I, I've just learned this stuff, whether, whether I want to learn it or not there's a good cheat it, to it too it's usually just Pikachu. oh there's a, what's what's the cheat it's usually just pikachu yeah that's the that's the secret <laughs> i guess that's always a guess you could make um this is actually the opposite of what we've been talking we've talked about like death and decay and entropy and 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 everything's gonna die pokemon feels like the one kind of i'm trying to think of another you know? one it's the one immortal brand right like it's hard to imagine even 50 or 100 years pokemon i think will still be around in some form like, i can't ever imagine a time when it would fall out of fashion and become, and, and people don't want to, don't you think? Like, it just seems it's going to be around forever. Yeah, it's definitely one of the biggest powerhouses. Like, the only other stuff, and, and again, and that's why, like, Nintendo kind of has, like, that icon status, not just the longevity, but also, I think, what they've done with franchises. But even, like, Mario, I feel like, isn't as quite as powerful in the sense that like Pokemon's really cut across all medium in a really good way that like, you know, we are starting to see more of that. You're definitely seeing a lot of um, video game IP go like the TV show or the movie route, but like Pokemon's been doing that. It's been out here for ages. Um, You know, I remember being a kid having like the Pokemon movie VHS, you know, whatever the movie was where uh, he tried to punch Mewtwo, which I have no idea why he thought he could, square up with a pokemon like just but that's also that's pretty much the plot of pokemon arceus so i don't know they brought it all back um but yeah there's just so much content everywhere the first movie okay but what is it called just pokemon 2000 so many of them my kid watches all these she watches sun and moon and there's so many different shows but um yeah let me know so okay is literally what it's got pokemon i'm I'm actually very newbie when it comes to like like the business of the pokemon universe did it? Did Pokemon start as video games, or did it start as cards? And what now is the bigger? Because this is the thing: it's not just video games, right? The collectible cards and people who just play the Pokemon oh, card yeah. game—that's huge as well. Just aside from video games, and then there's the whole industry of the anime. Like so many different anime shows and animated films, and now live-action films. There are all these different extensions of it. But like, what's considered? like the centerpiece of the Pokemon, it's the video games, right? The cards. Chad, Chad is saying it started with the games in '96, right? But yeah, the cards yeah. have gone on to become their own massive, massive entity. Oh, right? yeah. There's a the massive collectible market for the cards. Yeah, the, like literally everywhere you go, there's Pokemon. There's, you know, you got anywhere you're turned. You got the shows, you got the movies, you got the cards, you got the games, you have the apps. Um, you know, I'm still waiting for, um, what is it, Pokemon Sleep? 
to drop that sleep app. I haven't slept in years since hearing about that, that announcement. Does sound good. Been waiting. My kid, Just my kid has it. a toothbrushing app called Pokemon yeah, Smile. Pokemon Smile. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, and when you brush your teeth, it. you unlock Pokemon. It's genius. Yeah, and you can get little like filters and stuff. I haven't yes. used it since it came out because I really just downloaded it to be like, let's, you know, it's like Nintendo. Well, again, I know people are like, it's Pokemon made by Nintendo, it's a Pokemon company, but y'all know it's whatever. It's on Nintendo platforms. Um, so I remember downloading and playing that. Uh, it's pretty cute and useful. So yeah, I mean, I have no qualms with that. I think it it was a a great product. We yeah, have no sleep till Pokemon sleep. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Nano in the chat mentioned like this wasn't as aggressive of a year considering there weren't as many like small spinoffs. But I guess when I like say aggressive, I feel like a lot of there was a lot of like mainline or remake stuff. And then especially to have Pokemon um, Scarlet and Violet announced to drop in the same year as Legends Arceus, which is mainline, according to the company, um, is it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Um, what platform was the first Pokemon game released on? Game Boy. Uh, was it a Game Boy game? The very first one? Yeah. Pokemon uh, red, red and blue, and blue. right? Red and yeah. blue. So that was that was where it all started. Yeah. Was with Pokemon Red and Blue. Okay. What do you got there? You got something? You got Pokemon Red? I got yeah, I got Pokemon Red. Look no, at you, original lie. Game Boy cart. I tried oh, no, playing it's this. Red and green. It's red and green. Sorry. Red and I green. Okay. Chat is is gonna be really mad at me. But yeah, it was red and green and then blue and then yellow a couple of years later. So that would have been what, nineties? I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, Ninety six like, uh, was uh, Okay. Uh, when it all started. Oh, I guess I don't have Pokemon Yellow. I thought I had Pokemon Yellow because I had a yellow cartridge by the Pokemon games, but nope, that was just Donkey Kong Land, which is also Hell a good yeah. game, but not a Pokemon <laughs> game. But yeah, and I got the I got the detective from when I saw Detective Pikachu, the little cards. Um, yeah, no, Pokemon's insane. Um, are you so? Are you kind of just you know done with with the Pokemon uh, attempts and entry points? I do feel like if I think I think well, I guess I because I think my I mean, a lot of this was dictated by my kid. My kid for a couple of years was really really into Pokemon. She played all the games. She watched all, she really loved the anime TV shows. I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that fucking opening theme tune to Pokemon Sun and Moon Never on, gets old. on Netflix. It's, it's a very catchy tune, Can but it does get Can you sing it for old. us right now? Oh, I can't remember how it goes. Uh, you see, you just said, you're like, I can't get out of my head. No, I just remember then, under the Alolan moon, Pokemon. That was like the very end part of it. But it is a very catchy, because, you know, it's all set, you. you know, Alola is like the kind of Hawaiian part mm -hmm. of the of the Pokemon universe. So it's always it's always very kind of sun splashed and very pretty and tropical. And it's like it's there's a lot of fun happening over there in that corner of the the um uh the uh Pokemon universe. But like my kid was into a, a couple of years and that she just kind of I don't want to say aged out because there's like 40 year old dudes that are into Pokemon, right? But like she she's she's moved on to to other things. Um yeah she was but she was really into the games and really into the into the shows for for a while and she collected the cards for a bit uh, for a little bit as well. She used to have this amazing and oh, she still has it this really cool it's a toy it's like a pokeball and you click on it and it asks you questions like is uh, is your pokemon yellow or does your pokemon oh, have a yeah, tail or can your pokemon that. evolve like or whatever and it will guess it. but you play it with like a little device. Yes, that yeah, thing is cool. It's kind of like it's kind of like the the app on uh, what's the name of the app on the the web thing that we can like guess anything that you're thinking of like guess any celebrity what's the name of that he's like a genie forget, forget the name of the guy um Someone anyway in chat tell us the genie app the genie app that will like thing. guess you answer it like you, you answer like a bunch Akinator of yes or no questions is what chat's saying, that's, that's what, like, what it okay. is yes well it's basically a pokemon akinator but it's like it, it has a voice because hi i'm gonna guess to think of a pokemon i'm gonna ask you questions about pokemon and, and, and it will always get it it's actually really cool that's awesome um, speaking of things that are really cool, I want to remind y'all that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now, I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there, right? I got the Me Undies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the Undies, and then boom. Me undies socks, baby. That's how we do out here at Kind of Funny. I love being soft head to toe in the micro modal fabric. You already know all about that. But if you don't, let's face it, summer's sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With Me Undies light and breathable micro modal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from. But if you just like classic black, that's totally cool too. They got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for. They have super fun seasonal prints, tons of styles and sizes extra 
extra small to 4XL, so you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you first-time purchasers. You can get 15% off if you sign up for their free-to-join membership. You can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. To get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Tell them Tim Getty sent you. Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early without direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is about more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. Uh, So, What are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KF Games. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash KF Games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Get started at Chime.com slash KF games shout out to credit karma for sponsoring this episode want a new credit card but not sure how to choose you don't need to apply for the first offer that you see in the mail credit karma can help you zero in on the right option for you and apply with more confidence i love credit karma i've been using it for years to check my credit profile make sure everything is good and on the up and up Uh, credit karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation credit karma partners with a wide range of card issuers so you can be sure you're exploring all sorts of options. Best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and most importantly, will not affect your credit score. That is huge. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the right card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. That's creditkarma.com or hit up the Credit Karma app to find the right card for you you that's creditkarma.com now let's talk about nintendo shutting its pokemon diamond and pearl sound library down again i'm just the the bringer of death here this comes from ed no! nangale congratulations we just saw about how pokemon's immortal and janet's managed to find the one part of the pokemon the universe that's dying i know but Bong. you know sound sound and music with nintendo and anything associated with nintendo is, is always going to be kind of dicey uh but the article reads as follows nintendo is shutting down the pokemon uh diamond pearl sound library mere months after it became available the sound library comprises music and sound effects from the 2006 ds games pokemon diamond and pearl launched back in february however an announcement on the library page states it will shut down on the 31st of may uh no data will be available to stream or download after this date so at you know the time of reading this it's it's gone now uh if you already download the content it can still be used per the rather stringent terms and conditions the library had music and sounds divided into various playlists though none of it could be used for commercial use of course uh here's the full announcement thank you for visiting the pokemon diamond pearl sound library we'll be shutting down the service on may 31st 2022 at 9 a.m utc you will not be able to stream or download the sound after that date as for the sound data you've already downloaded you will be able to continue to use it within the scope of terms use and guidelines which you can you know still access on the site uh please make sure to follow the latest terms of use and guidelines when using the sound data we would like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who has supported us since service launch uh, it's unclear why it is closing, but consider this your last chance, or at least again, at the time of writing, to have downloaded it. Um, Gary, what do you make of this? And uh, will there ever be like an era where we'll have like nice access to any sounds and music associated with Nintendo? Because again, I don't want to say that Nintendo made Pokemon because that's not true. But this is kind of pretty common. You know, there's been a bunch of like strike downs of different things. Like, are we ever going to get to the point where we just can just open Spotify or something and like hear hear an album? Um, with the, I mean, so far as this Pokemon thing is concerned, I mean, I, I, was this an official thing that Nintendo yeah. provided? And okay, they've just decided that for whatever reason, I think reason, it was it's during not worth um, their time anymore. Yeah, like I think it was during that kind of like window of uh, Pokemon Diamond Pearl, like probably like when the remakes dropped. I imagine it's like you know they often do these different like celebrations and like extra content or extra songs they like release. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know why they like dropped it and then got rid of it. Maybe it just wasn't 
worth keeping up, like in terms of the servers or something? Well, or I mean, what was the, the use I mean, case? What, so what was the use case for it? Like, what were people who were downloading these sounds? What they, again? You can't use them commercially. I imagine people couldn't put them on their on their streams or their YouTube videos or whatever. Yeah. So, were people just listening to Pokemon sound effects for for as a Maybe leisure like activity? Putting, putting your uh, <laughs> so I think okay, let's think of non-commercial uses. Um, alarm clocks. Um, okay. Ringtones. Yeah. Yeah. Text tones. Like text tones. Um, you know, like um, like a, a rainy afternoon, you just listen to some Pokemon sounds and songs to add to the ambiance. Those are the that's pretty much the extent of everything. Yeah, people might you yeah just because people put them on their content though, Chad doesn't mean that you're necessarily allowed to put them on content. I mean, I see stuff on Twitch all the time with people using like a lot of those sounds are not approved, but most don't care except for when people do. So that, right. that's always how that kind of lands. And Nintendo's really litigious as well. So I'd be really concerned if I was using like a Pokemon sound effect on my stream, you know, you'd, you'd yeah. worry that somebody might find you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is like, it's a, a bummer for people that used it, but I think I imagine that they didn't see a lot, you know, coming from it if they did shut it down this early. Um, but again, I think more than anything, like the whole reason I even, you know, bring this up is something that I want to toss in here is just, it just speaks to kind of the ongoing, like, struggles of finding ways to like make music and video game music accessible especially any video game music that has any association with nintendo um and yeah i don't know it's something that i hope to see do done better in the future a lot of these solutions also oftentimes are weird like this was kind of a weird solution or i think about the um was it smash that lets you like listen to like all the stage songs like in a separate player but it's like on your switch so i'm like well I, I'm right yeah i mean it. the mario game i mean mario odyssey does that as well there's like yeah. a player in the game but like it's still like in the game you can't like export it or anything well i do it's think that the mario uh, the soundtrack for odyssey is available on services I could be right about that though yeah i mean i have i have all the i have all the super mario galaxy soundtrack on my phone which i think like i got from like itunes or whatever like a, a, a legit mm -hmm. source it's weird because, although I can't imagine, it was obviously kind of a niche thing, like Pokemon Sound Library, but it kind of, I mean, how much could it have really cost them to keep that going? Like, They're like, if we're going to hit these, these And there's like some like very, very strict, you know, kind of budget guy went through to somebody like, like, this is costing us like $80 a month to run these servers. Why are we doing this? We, we could be saving that money. You're you gone, know, you know? You always, you need that person in your budget though, I think. Um, but, I, you know, more than anything, maybe they were seeing also like, issues with people not using them like under the proper terms and like rather than like fight everybody on this it just makes more sense to end it i imagine that'd probably be the more likely one but um yeah i mean i don't know we'll never really know the answer to it um only they know why that ended um and, and let's uh, i, I, I do that. like the story just for the fact that it has it has played into this kind of this narrative that has kind of emerged throughout the course of the show which is like well okay well here's one thing that will never die right pokemon and Janet's like wrong i have found one part of it that is going to die Bong. Yes. Yeah. We need like the, I don't know, the sad bell or something. <laughs> um, and then we closing need the Undertaker also, bell for sure. See, this, isn't, this one isn't like a death thing. If anything, it's something that's going to happen, but just like later, a delay, uh, a delay is not a death, right? It's different. Okay. Uh, eFootball <laughs> will not get in Master League mode until 2023. We'll be paid DLC. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN, who writes Konami's eFootball won't be getting PES's beloved Master League mode until 2023, and fans will have to pay for it. eFootball's official Twitter account revealed its plans for the game going forward, including a breakdown of what's free and what isn't and detailing what's coming this summer, winter, and then next year. The only content listed for 2023 so far is Master League, a mode that fans were already surprised to see missing from the game's launch, but it's not the only content that will cost players money. Quote, the, the number of teams that can be used in leagues and clubs will be expanded and distributed uh, as additional paid content by the end of 2022, the tweet said. Also on the schedule is the lobby match mode that lets players create rooms online and play matches with their dream teams, which is expected this summer as a free update. Cross-platform support across consoles and PC will be available later this winter, as well as some editing features, though the tweet didn't explain what those would be. eFootball's Twitter said these updates were in response to fan feedback, meaning they're likely not the only new features coming to the game between now and next year. Konami has already announced that version 1.1... 
1.1.0, which is available on June 2nd, will improve the win slash loss decision making in online matches, enhance server capacity, and set the foundation for compatibility between the console and new mobile versions of eFootball. The 1.00 update to eFootball that marked its official launch was the development team's attempt to regain the trust of players after a pretty disastrous pre-release version launched in October that IGN said was awful. The official release didn't improve a lot, however, as in our 4 out of 10 review, IGN said, quote, yes, at least eFootball 2022 does now have a fully-fledged mode to take it past the point of being a demo, but it's still lacking so much that you'd expect from a 1.0 version of a game. Gary, react. I mean, I find this all very interesting. You know, the, the, the football video game market is obviously a huge, huge global business, right? FIFA, one of the most successful video game properties on the planet. And for the longest time, the, 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 main, the, 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 the shape of like the football game, you know, scene on, uh, you know, on consoles and what have you used to be very simple. It was FIFA on one side and Pro Evo, Pro Evolution Soccer on the other. And some people preferred FIFA and some people really preferred Pro Evo. Pro Evo fans were like really rabid about the fact that they thought they had the better game. And it really was, you know, you tried both and you, you played whichever one you thought was better, but they were both very good in their own rights. Um, and now, and then Konami made this bizarre decision to get rid of Pro Evo. Is like a, everyone knows Pro Evo, right? It's not as well known as FIFA, but people know it. They killed that brand. Come up, came up with this thing called eFootball, this free to play game, which, as, as you as you rightly mentioned, had this absolutely catastrophic launch. Like it, it, it birthed a thousand memes, right? You know these awful, hideous versions of you know Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo running around, you know, looking like they're saying, "Please just kill me," because they're just so horribly grotesquely deformed and they don't look anything like it was a, I mean there's so many jokes and it was so glitchy and it was just so bad and they it was everyone was like what have you done like Pro Evo was this thing that you had that was good and you replaced it with this this just a big mess so I've been really really interested to see as as they move forward I think they said like 1.10 now like if if they are able to get it on a stable footing if they can actually make it good in the way that Pro Evo used to be good they, like I said they have a lot of trust to regain because that the, the state that the eFootball has been in has been like literally laughable like it has just been a laughing stock at the same time FIFA, the FIFA license is going away who knows where the FIFA license may FIFA is obviously going to do some deal maybe 2K gets it maybe it goes somewhere else I don't know you know, then you've got EA Sports FC coming along, the, the, the EA's successor to FIFA. The, the whole, like, football games market, I think, o- over the next few years is going to become very different and, and perhaps more varied and interesting than it has been where it was just like the FIFA Pro Evo duopoly. But no, as someone who never even really played... Mario Striker is coming in, but no, I'm just kidding. Right. Well, I don't, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about that, though. Genuinely excited about <laughs> Super Mario Strikers. Um, but no, it's, it's going to be interesting because I think the, I feel bad for fat people who are fans of pro Evo because they had a game they look forward to every year and it got taken away from them and replaced with this absolute mess, this atrocity. And I, I can only hope that Konami are committed to, you know, like you said, regaining trust and getting it to a place where it is a, a, a worthy successor to pro Evo. Cause right now it's, it's, it, it's anything, but yeah. Have you checked out eFootball at all? Which one? eFootball. Oh, no, I mean, only in terms of the memes and the, I mean, like, why, why would I have FIFA on my console? That's a very good, that's a very good football game. Why? Yeah, the only reason to look at eFootball is like, oh my God, like what joke meme has come out of it this week? Because that's really all it has been since they launched it. Yeah, I also haven't touched it yet for similar reasons. Um, my brother that like, I'm, I mostly play FIFA now, soon to be EA Sports FC uh, with my brother and like he tried out eFootball a little bit um, I think like around that kind of launch window and was like yeah like it's really rough and then even when it's not like there's just a lot of weird decisions of like and maybe it's part of this is remnants of um, you know it's origins and like the franchise it was before became eFootball but just like the the mapping just kind of everything just feeling a little bit off you know than than what I think uh, he's used to as like a FIFA player so yeah I mean I think there's it, it is disappointing to hear that the launch has been so rough because I think there's so much potential in having a free-to-play soccer game like this um, if done well. But it seems like that has been a struggle. Uh, and it also seems like, you know, with elements being kind of, you know, locked off by, like, you have to pay for it, which I think is totally fair because, you know, you add, you have to find a way to, like, monetize and make money off of, like, this free-to-play content. Um, but it seems like it's going to be a rough go, I think, to get this thing to have the legs that it needs to be competitive uh, in a market that is, like, so dominated by the established players. Um, but uh, eFootball being a competitor is so far away. If I want to know what is coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts 
each and every weekday. You know, I really didn't intend to be a meme, but you know, it's, it's Tuesday. The, listen, it's Tuesday. you don't, no one ever intends to create a meme. They just happen. You know, uh, out today, uh, SnowRunner on PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S. These are like those next-gen upgrades. Uh, in, in, Insomnus releases today on PlayStation 5. Um, some new dates for y'all, and I apologize. These are very out of order in terms of how time works. But Destroy All Humans uh, 2 Reprobed is launching on August 30th. Star Wars Jedi Survivor coming 2023. Of course, that dropped you know late on Friday. Um, uh, we will Monument have a uh, trailer breakdown and uh, theory video of Star Wars Jedi uh, Survivor later today, by the way. Yep. Thanks for the shout out on that. Um, so I look forward to that later. Uh, Monument Valley coming. Uh, the series is coming to PC in July. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 The Sith Lords comes to Nintendo Switch on June 8th, 2022. Grindstone comes out on Steam June 23rd. So Grindstone's Love already Grindstone. on PC, yeah. but it was Such just on Epic game. Game Store. It is so good. Um, I absolutely love Grindstone. I wish there was a way to just buy it on mobile i know you can have it on apple arcade but like you know that's how i anyway. got hooked on it was for apple arcade so fun it's the best it's the best place to play it i mean I'm, I'm sure like it plays well everywhere but like i love that game that game is so good um speaking of apple arcade also tossed in here frogger and the rumbling ruins um from konami is launching on june 3rd cooking mama cuisine um launching on june 17th and air twister launching on june 24th uh we got world of mechs launching on june 2nd on quest 2 ninja gaiden master collection of course uh heading to xbox and pc as mentioned before and intruder in antiquania coming to steam on july 8th 2022 it's always scary when you read the stuff that like oh someone tossed this in here and i'm like i hope this is all right because i'm just reading down the list um let's go ahead and uh jump to you're wrong before we close out and we do uh some reader mail and the post show uh doing a quick glance nothing i don't get things wrong janet you've yeah, not hosted me before of... so you may not know that but i i don't get anything wrong so yeah. this is always usually a dead segment did, on... uh there is a new sonic uh frontiers trailer out yeah, yeah. But we can cover that tomorrow you know yeah uh with part of is that uh, the open IGN's... world game yeah maybe. it's open-esque it's a kirby maybe. forgotten land or bigger we don't know we'll find out later maybe if that's in the coverage i assume that'd be in there in ign ign first coverage hopefully we watched the uh, Sonic Hedge, the Sonic Two movie again over the weekend. What a banger! What oh, a great movie! We still movie. haven't watched it. I'm really excited. Oh, it's so Alyssa good. Really loved the first one. So, I, I, if you I have Paramount it. Plus, it's on that. That's ah, over the weekend. That sounds like a commitment, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of stuff already already covered, and then a suggestion that you put your uh, Twitch clips on uh, TikTok. So again, a lot of ways to make that content. Yeah. Um, next up uh, for hosts, we have tomorrow. Uh, me and Greg. Thursday, we have Bless and Tim, and Friday, we have Bless and Imran. If you're watching live, again, after this is KFW, and if you want to catch that stream later, make sure you're subscribed to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We're a Patreon post show for those who are subbed to the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, so stick around for that time. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.